If you'll join with me in today's scripture reading, we will be reading from Psalm 63. In our Pew Bibles, this is on page 479. O oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me, but those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword, they shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult, for the mouths of liars will be stopped. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. I'm Mike McKenna, and I'm one of the elders here. And uh, the pastor is out for the weekend with his family down in Southern California. Uh, the theme for this morning, you see Psalm 63, I'm going to try and integrate it into the vision that we have from the elders and opening up the home groups. So in the fall, what we're going to be doing is each one of the elders will be taking one of the topics from Regen's vision and four values, and we'll cover those each one over a different Sunday primarily to give a basis that all of the home groups will be standing upon to say this is what we uh, stand for, what we believe, and our direction going forwards. So drought. Today we are in the midst of a drought. California is in a drought. It's the Worst, uh, this year we've had the driest three months uh, period in our recorded history. It's the third year of the drought that we're currently in. And if you look at the Southwest, overall, looking at tree ring data and so on, it's the most extreme drought they've had in the past 1,200 years. And you go, why are we talking about this? Well, we'll, we'll get on to that. First, what does a drought do? It causes a lot of effects. Obviously, there's less water. There's uh, trees, plants that die. As a result of that, uh, we've built dams all over the country, and the dams don't have water. We can't generate power. In the Central Valley, we see land subsiding as, we, as the water tables drop and areas in the land grow down. And there's various actions that we need to take to be able to continue our lives in the midst of a drought. We are expected to use less water. The instructions, at least for Alameda County, is to only water 
maybe once a week and use smart controllers to use mulch, fix any leaks that there might be. We conserve water. We try and make uh, wells that go deeper into uh, deeper in the water tables. And also when we look at our gardens, uh, we might have to change how we do our plantings. We may have to go from you know, a, a beautiful, lush English garden to a more drought-tolerant garden, to more drought-tolerant plants. And one of the aspects of having a drought-tolerant gardening and planting and trees is the roots go really, really deep. So that brings us to where we are as a church, as a whole, for this whole country. We are in a spiritual drought as well. The number of Christians, people identify as Christians in the United States has gone down 10% over the last 10 years. The number of people who attend worship on a regular basis has gone down more than 10% over the last 10 years. And the Bay Area is in the same boat as well in that um, various churches and attendance has also gone down. So you go, well, is this a bad thing? Well, we turn around to what is happening in nature. There's a drought that's going on uh, in California and the Southwest, and this causes us to take different actions. Droughts have happened in the church again and again over time, and they're necessary to help us become deeply rooted and firmly planted. So just like a seed or a plant seeking water in a time of drought, spiritual droughts can cause us to dig deep in our walk with God. Our roots grow down to the foundations laid by the gospel. The gospel not only cancels the unpayable debt for our transgressions, but at the same time raises us up into the royal status of God's family. So a drought is not necessarily something that is bad. So if we go back to those first few verses we had from Psalm 63. O oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water, so I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. So if you're not thirsty, you're not going to be crying out for water. In the midst of a drought, droughts bring about thirst, and so you have my soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So there's something actually life-giving being in a drought where there is no water and that it causes us to seek deeper and more earnestly for God and for his truth. So now to bring that back around to why we're going to be doing this sermon series that will come up in the fall to look at Regen's vision and our four values and how that helps us in a time of drought not to dry out but to dig deeper and to thrive in the midst of a drought. So regeneration's 
church vision. So the vision is just one sentence, inviting people to follow Jesus and experience life in the Holy Spirit. So there's that aspect of inviting people. So that is like spreading seed of drought-tolerant plants in amongst the community, amongst our friends, amongst our co-workers, amongst our family, and inviting them to follow Jesus, who brings us salvation in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of uh, the thing, many things that are going on in the world, and experience life with the Holy Spirit. So in the midst of the drought the world is experiencing and the drought even that the church is experiencing here and there, we invite them to come and to experience life in the Holy Spirit, to dig your roots deep and to be able to thrive in the midst of it. Then there are four statements in terms of values and how that comes out. So for Regen, the first one is integrated scripture. So we see scripture as our primary reference to help us understand how to follow Jesus and experience life with the Holy Spirit. We desire to understand the entirety of what God is speaking to us through his word, and we believe scripture is integrated into every part of our lives in the church. So we need to have scripture so that we can be rooted. So in Colossians 2, 6 through 7, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So if we don't have scripture integrated into everything that we do, then our roots can be shallow. And if they're shallow, they can't reach the deep water that's in, down below us. And in John, John 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So if we want to have the depths and be seated in God, we have to have scripture integrated into all that we do. The next one that we have, the next value, the second one, is whole life service. So the thirsty voices of those who called, called by God are a normal reality throughout scripture. And when you think about it, it is our thirst that led us to Jesus in the first place. Jesus said to the Samaritan woman in John 4, if you know the gift of God and who it is who says it to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus later said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow living water. And Colossians 1, 9 to 11, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to the glorious might for endurance and patience with joy. So that aspect of whole life service, why is that one of our values, is that as we serve the Lord, we have more of the Lord living through us in a way. So we have faith, but faith lived 
is a faith that grows even more. As we give to our families, as we give to uh, our brothers and sisters in our congregation and our home groups, as we give to our community through the Lord, it's in a way like if you have, like during a drought, if you have a faucet that you don't use after a while, rust starts to collect inside. You open it up and a little bit of water trickles out. But if you use that on a daily basis, then it keeps all the crud out of the pipe, so to speak, and more water comes out. In the same way that we, in living a whole life service, so to speak, is keeping that spigot open, and the more you pour, let the Lord use you to pour life into others, the more those pipes stay open, and the more God's living water flows through you and out and around you. So that's one of the values that we have in a whole life service. The third one that we have is on thriving diversity. So we desire to be a community of safety and love where difference is encouraged but not judged. Diversity is not only found in the colors of our skins, it also goes deeper to creating a safe and courageous place for everyone to belong to. So our spiritual family aspires to living a living diversity as we follow the heart of Jesus, welcoming and courageously loving others who are vastly different from us and being reconcilers. So that's one of our primary missions is to reconcile each other and the world to the Lord. And the scripture goes on in even more detail in that, for instance, in 1 Corinthians 12, now there's a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. There's varieties of service, but the same Lord. There's varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. So each of us is given in a manifestation of the spirit for the common good, but it's each given to us in a different way. And in the same way, we're one body with many members. For in the same way that there are many members, so it's just one in Christ. There is not just one eye that serves the purpose of a hand and one hand that serves the purpose of the feet and one foot that serves the purpose of the whole body, but all are needed together to be able to serve as one under the Lord. So in the same way, with our service as one of the uh, overall values that we have, a thriving diversity, that each of us is different, but together we make a whole. And if you go back to the analogy of drought-tolerant landscaping, when you go into the forest, if you take a new sapling that's coming out of the soil and you uproot it and you put it out in the middle of the sun, the blazing sun, that sapling is not going to survive because it's going to get burned by the sun coming down. It needs the shade of the taller trees around it for it to be able to survive. In the same way in our own community, there are those of us who are younger in our faith, need those who are more mature in our faith to help us as we go through the ups and downs of life, as we grow in our experience and life in the Lord. In the same way, if you take one of those, uh, a huge tree from that forest, and you uproot that and put it out in the open, it's not going to survive because it needs all the undergrowth to provide it nutrients, to provide it to keep the water in the soil. In the same way, we as a body, we need that diversity that's in place that helps all of us to grow. 
because there are those that teach and those that are learning, those that worship, those that teach, or those that um, provide wisdom, those that uh, provide care for others, and those that pray. And all together, we help to feed each other's roots so that the living water helps us to grow all together as one. Our fourth value that we have is a spiritual family. So think of that, in essence, like a watering system. So like you have a drip irrigation system. And under the covers in each of our lives is the Holy Spirit that lives both silently and actively. For instance, as a family, in James 5, it says, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. For the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. In the same way that sapling that's in the undergrowth that is growing up to be a tall tree in the future relies on the larger trees around it to grow. In the same way, we have the spirit of all of us coming together that helps us to build up as a strong family in the Lord and a strong faith. And as a spiritual family, we encourage each other to pray. And there are some of us that, depending on where we are in life, we don't feel we have the strength to pray. We don't know how to pray. And that's where we as a family come together to pray for each other so that we continue to reach out to the Lord. And as it says that two or three are gathered together, there he is. And as we gather together to pray for each other, we are building each other up to help to fight off the wiles of the world. In Hosea, it talks about a hedge of protection to go around those that are uh, seeking after the harlot that is not of the church, and a hedge of protection that helps to keep people when they keep those in our congregation or our home group or our family who are seeking out things that are not of the Lord, that they'll come back and seek after their first love of Christ. And the hedge is not something that that individual built, but it's something that the Lord built. And oftentimes we can build that around those that we love in prayer. As a spiritual family, we cannot grow without that watering system. So in a time of drought, we need to have deep water to bring us closer to him. In Revelations 21.6, And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. And Todd's going to share something. You might find it odd that I'm up here right in the middle of his sermon, but um, um, I wanted to, to sing a song to kind of introduce the next point that Mike's going to go into, which is about um, the mustard seed of faith. And you may um, remember in Matthew, Jesus um, references the mustard seed, which is like this tiny, tiniest of seeds, and that if we have even that small amount of faith that's in us, that he can produce great, great things out of that. We can say to this mountain, move over here and it will do it. But when you have that small amount of faith and you're aware of that, it's so, so small, it can be very discouraging and it can feel like, like, man, is this, what can God do with this 
this small amount of faith that I have, I'm, I'm like barely hanging on to this whole thing. Um, that's how I feel sometimes. And so I wrote the song to kind of process those feelings and those thoughts, and, and I think the Lord has really used it to remind myself um, that he can do great things with the very tiniest amount that I can offer him. So I think the words are going to be up on the screen. Um, I'm not inviting you to sing, but if, just for you to uh, follow along and, and reflect um, as we get into Mike's next point here. I won't know how you did it 
Thank you, Todd. So now we'll put all these pieces together again. In um, Matthew 13, 31 to 32, he put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make their seeds in its branches. So if you think of it, our life is a life of faith. And that life of faith is what helps us to grow, but it would, what also helps the body to grow as a whole. So I've built this little set of pictures, instead of word pictures or pictures that have words. And the first one is of a tree, it looks kind of like the Oaklandish symbol. And this represents the first value that we have. And if you put the cross on top of that, it's integrated scripture. So that's the first value that we have. Integrated scripture that helps us to grow, but also helps our roots to go deep. Deep to where there is water, where there's living water to grow among us. The next one shows someone sowing seeds. And that represents the vision that we have as a church, which is inviting people to follow Jesus and experience life with the Holy Spirit. In the next one, you now have two people sowing seeds, and that's to represent the whole life service of giving, sowing, worshiping, and growing. In essence, thinking of, of each of us as gardeners that we each have a different role to do. It's either sowing seeds, planting, watering, gardening, sometimes pruning, um, and growing each other up. And this next one is people being brought in, the thriving diversity as a congregation, as small groups, as each of us with different gifts that help us to all contribute to each other. And the next one is a, a green hedge in front of all of us, which is as a spiritual family, we help each other to grow, but we also help to protect one another, to help protect us in our small groups that will be increasing even more in the fall. It's a place for vulnerability and a place where you can grow and be healed, as well as us lifting each other up. And also as a spiritual family with the teachings that we had on the full armor of Christ, that this is called the phalanx of Roman soldiers each with their shields up that also helps to protect us as a family. So think of that as our combined shield of faith that brings us all together. And that all together is our church vision, inviting people to follow Jesus and experience life with the Holy Spirit. 
And so that brings us to a time of communion. So if you have your communion elements, if anyone needs one, raise your hand and we'll have someone coming down with the communion elements. Stephanie will be coming down with that. And uh, what do we have? So the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So we'll take the bread. In the same way, he took the cup. And after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. <laughs> 